Welcome to The Vine Time with Melanie Bobek. Today's guest is Lee Kellis, founder and co-owner of The Holy Donut in Portland, Maine. Welcome, Lee. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. This is wonderful. It's so great to have you here. And so Lee and I have a little bit of history because we created a video, which will soon be on my show, Vine Time TV, called Women Love Wine where we brought uh, a bunch of people together at Lee's house, and we had some scallops that were cooked by Lee uh, and some music that was performed by Lee, and we had Tofran of Maine Dayboat Scallops, County Dayboat Scallops, and then we had a charity that we uh, had contributed to for the event. What was the charity again, Lee? May, oh, great question. Yeah. Um, Maine, let's think about that. <laughs> it was a woman Maine who provides... Assistance. Exactly, yes. That's what it was, yes. And the girl's name is Kristen? Kristen Harris. She Wonderful started lady. in a garage and provides great people garage. who need food. Yep. Okay, great. So uh, I want you to tell me your food story. Tell me your story, Lee. Well, let's, let's, let's see. I, I guess we're going to go back to 12 years ago where I started a donut business. Is I guess the beginning of my food story, but it, it definitely is evolving still. Um, but the people that would resonate with what I, what they think of me as is probably the donut person. So 12 years ago in Portland on Park Avenue near Deering Oaks, I started a little donut shop with my dad and we started it on a very small budget with very limited bakery experience. I just had a huge passion for donuts and sweetness and coffee. And we started a business, um, selling Maine potato donuts. It has since grown into four locations with a large commissary production facility in Arundel, Maine to feed hopefully more stores down the road, but we are a growing donut business that started very small. Mm -hmm. Yes. People are queuing around the corner for your newest location on commercial street in Portland. Commercial street's going very well. It's right in the heart of the touristy area, which is awesome. And it's a bigger location than we formerly had in the old port. So it's been very successful for us to be able to have a bigger operation and it's a great location with a water view and i think it's i think it's been a hit right and for anybody who's ever traveled to portland maine you know that the one thing everyone in the hotels will tell you to do is the you know for breakfast is to go and get a donut from the holy donut because they're really amazing i mean my children and i love them Um, thank you so much yep your donuts are being sold in hannaford i believe they were, but that has proven to not be. We, we might revisit that idea, but we've pulled back right now, and we're focusing right. on our Arundel yeah. retail location and the commissary kitchen. And yeah, sure. we, we change things up a little bit here and there. Very good. And uh, tell me about where did you grow up? Portland, Maine. I went to all three schools on D- on Stevens Ave. Wow. And uh, from kindergarten to senior year, and I think I was only one of two people. You started at Longfellow, went to Lincoln, and then Deering. Yes. So okay. I had a very stable childhood in many ways, sort of. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a Portland person. I moved away and moved to California, which is where we can talk about my wine passion, okay. which is I, I learned there, but then back here to Portland because I love it so much. And where did you live in California? San Francisco. And I had my daughter there and she was born in Marin. And uh, okay. yeah, I'm very passionate about Napa and Sonoma. Sure. Um, and that whole beautiful foodie city of San Francisco. And I like to travel there as frequently as possible. I remember. So I have a very good friend who I've known since second grade who lives now in Concord, but has always lived in Danville, Concord, Walnut Creek, Pleasant Hill. Mm. And uh, I remember going there when we were young. Like I was, 
18 at the time and then then again at 21 and we would go into uh chinatown in san francisco it was just amazing we would go to these restaurants and have like a five course meal and nothing and it was the freshest most amazing ingredients and to me that was san francisco it was like that like just authenticity of everything was so good and amazing exactly Um, really love that city and i haven't been there in a long time i just got back from la as you know um but uh so you know what do you like about wine oh (laughs) that's a wonderful amazing question and i wasn't you know how would you want to answer that so i so if i were to go back so it started at in san francisco i remember actually probably one of the first few glasses of wine i had it was at a place called crush in a little basement vicinity of a little basement um wine bar in union square this guy was really passionate about wine and he, we would go every few nights and he would just teach me about wine. And that's where it all started probably at the early two thousands. Right. And I thought, wow, there's something very magical about this. It was red wine. He was always and back then. 97 cab was actually still available, oh, wow. which is like supposedly the most glorious year of cab ever. Mm-hmm. So this was in 98, 99. So 97 cab was not that hard to find. So I don't know. That's where I kind of started learning my, my passion for red wine. And then, realizing how special it is to have this beautiful product made from mother nature (laughs) that just gives you this wonderful little effervescent feeling in your brain and your spirit um, in pairs with gorgeous food, which he always would send us out these beautiful little dishes. And I don't know, that's, that's my answer is my, my passion developed in San Francisco in a little basement wine bar in 1998. And it's you left your heart in San Francisco. I love yes. That. Yes. And so, and, you know, it's interesting because back then the way wine was made, and we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with Bartholomew Broadbent, who was trying to make wine in a style that was made back then, which is a lower alcohol percentage. So uh, we find that wines coming out of Napa and Slumo now are like 13 or much higher, 14, 14 and a half percent, sometimes 15 percent um, alcohol. And they're really, Full, almost so full body that they're impalatable. But back in those days, when you were there, you were probably drinking the wines that were made at a little bit lower, you know, alcohol percentage at 12 or 13. Um, Which means you can drink more. Absolutely. That, and I think it pairs better with food when there's not a higher, you know, sometimes when wines are that big, when they're 14 and 15%, um, they, they're they not so, they kind of, they, they don't necessarily overpower food, but you can only have one glass. That makes sense. Right. Yep. It, um so, well, there you go. And then what is your favorite type of wine? Oh, geez. So lately, I would have to say I love French Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love a good red. That's, that's, and I don't like pink wine. Just don't. No rosé for you. No rosé all day. <laughs> never, never. No, never, no never. days of rosé for this gal. Okay. Um, and I'm sort gal. of. Yeah, I think I could be influenced if I were more educated on it, but I just, I don't think I've ever had one that I absolutely love, but... Have you had champagne? Yes, and when it's slightly sweet, I actually would say that I... What, what, what's the word for that? Um, uh, dolce in, in the Italian, but um, there's Brut, and I think it's Demi-Sec. Is it Demi-Sec? Possibly. But it I've had a few pink sparklings that were pretty fantastic. So yes. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I always find that French um, ro- sparkling rosé really is the go-to. And there's a really excellent producer. What's his name? He's in Chavo, C H A B O T, 
in champagne. That's going to drive me crazy. And he's, he makes the best uh, sparkling rosé I've ever had. It'll come to me later. Um, but, uh, yeah, once you had really, really good sparkling champagne, you'll never go back. And then there's always, you know, there's a couple of different cavas and proseccos that are made in that, that process, too. I'd say probably... Um, the Prosecco that's rosé might be a little bit more because you like on the, you're like on the sweeter side, and the cavas tend to be a little drier. But, um, but you know, to each his own. Everybody likes different things. In terms of red, what do you like? Um, love Cabernet, but I would have to say you're inspiring me to start branching out a little bit, right? Because I hate to say, oh, I just don't like this one, and. Um, I think travel, more travel oh, yeah, is yeah, for sure. what you're inspiring me to do is to, I'm constantly drawn to Sonoma and to go back and explore until right. there's something so magical about that area with the food and the views and the vineyards and the people and the passion Absolutely. and the weather. It's just, it's just like, to me, it's heaven on earth when that's what wine represents to me is this, it's like you're watching deliciousness and passion and the appreciation for life and good food and joy literally growing <laughs> and all the all the the effort that goes in i mean you know growing grapes is not an easy process nor is it a, you know an economical one you know it's expensive and it's, you know time's consuming and and you know there's a lot of labor that goes involved so there's a lot to it getting back to the champagne it was la hurt mm. yeah la hurt is the the best sparkling rosé you'll ever taste it's made in chavo and if you're ever driving through champagne it is actually the little village that's on the hill and there's a church in the middle of the vineyard. Because I remember when I went to Champagne, I kept pointing at the church going, where is that place? And the, the village is a little further away from the church because apparently there was a fire, but only the only thing that didn't burn down was the church. And then when they rebuilt the, the village of Chavo, they built it about, you know, a, like a half mile away so on the hill, you have the church over here in the vineyard surrounding it. And then the little village is um, to the side. And it was rebuilt a little bit further away from the, the church. So, Sorry about so have you had a lot of experience in wine country in France? That's kind of another major dream. The only the only time I've been to France uh, was I was working for a company based in Boston called Yankee Distribution, uh, based out of Westboro. And they said, this is a funny story. They said, you have to go to Champagne. And I was like, I don't want to go to Champagne. And I know everybody's like, really? And I'm like, yep, no, I did not want to go. Luca was one years old. I had just moved from Boston to Maine. It was this huge transition for me and my kids. Caleb was with me at the time. And, you know, I had a baby. I don't want to go to Champagne. <laughs> they were like, you're the only one who can go. And, and so I went begrudgingly. I convinced my boss to let me fly through Ireland. So Caleb could go see his grandparents for a week. And I dropped Calum off, went to Champagne, and I had the most spectacular time of my life. I was only there for three days, but it was really amazing. Oh, I bet. I had a bunch of uh, organic uh, wine producers and biodynamic producers who very painstakingly um, grow grapes in such a way that is, you know, environmentally responsible and, you know, and and, and amazing. And so I got to meet Vincent Laval, who's the big guy. He's um just amazing and he's never ever sprayed his vineyards ever nor has his father and his father championed the movement all that stuff and, and uh who else uh benoit margay who's just spectacular and this guy named fabrice who uh makes champagne in ie and then this other lovely lady named agnes corbon who makes um wine in um where is she she's in she makes chardonnay it's mostly blanc de blanc where she produces but it's champagne corbon 
And uh, anyhow, that was my only time in, I've been to Paris before that, but there's my only wine trip to France with champagne. So I guess mm. if you're going to go big, go, you know. Go <laughs> That's it. I That's... found myself, this is another funny story. I found myself walking around this cathedral. They brought us to Reims and I was walking around this cathedral and I was like, why are all these pictures of Joan of Arc in here? And then all of a sudden, like, like a lightning bolt hit me and I was like, oh, this is where she coronated the kings. This, this was the Cathedral of Reims. And so the whole story behind Champagne is the reason why Dom Perignon and all these people, Champagne wasn't originally made in Champagne. It was made in, in um, a place in Languedoc called mm. uh, Lemoux. And it was made by the monks of Lemoux. And everybody in France knew about it, but nobody knew how to make it like them. And so Dom Perignon very famously went to Lemoux to learn how to make this wine, this three fermentation wine, to bring it back to Reims. So it could be drinking for the coronations. And so um, the, mm. the, you know, the Cathedral of Reims is just so historic and spectacular. So I was very lucky that the three days I had my wine trip in Champagne, I, I learned an enormous amount and I got to go to the Cathedral of Reims. There you go. Awesome. I will say one of my guests from a couple of weeks ago, this gentleman named James King, um, is based in um, San Diego, which is where your daughter goes to school, correct? She was just in Encinitas and now is in Maine. So oh, okay, but she was she you just came back from there. And uh, he he's doing a wine tour and he does wine tours all year round. But he's doing one this summer if you're interested. That goes from it goes in, on the Rhone Valley at uh, the Rhone River. That's what it is. So it's the Rhone River. It's on the Rhone, and uh, it's on. I'll send you the details anyway. Please but, do. I think they're starting in Barcelona and they're having like some food and wine tapas thing in Barcelona. And then they're flying to Lyon and they're sailing on one of those big barge <laughs> boats and they're having like wine tastings and food and wine tasting. He's a great guy. I'll connect. Oh you my God. And so it's like a seven day thing. And so then they go down the river and then they all meet in Paris at the end. So I think if you book the ticket, you can either do the, you could do the Barcelona trip or the Paris trip. You could pick one. You could pick the beginning. Of the wow. Yeah. It's really cool. And he does uh, all kinds of trips like that. So that would be right up your alley. Yes. You know, and plus you get to stop. I'm sure they stop here and there and you can actually get off the boat, do touristy things. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So, but most of my wine experience, funny enough, is in Italy. So I, I've spent more time in Italy than any other country in our, uh, Europe outside of Ireland where I lived. So Italy's the, the bomb, as they say. Yes. I'm inspired by this time there. Um, so, you know, tell me about what you're doing now. Yes. So two things. Um, my main focus in life is music and that is what I do with my daughter, but then connecting. Yeah. Um, so what you and I did together, that is if, if you were, I was just kind of thinking about what's next with wine and life. And I like what you and I did together because what we did was tie in our passions with, for food and wine with doing good. And so if I had to really put together like what my purpose is and why I do what I do, Donuts were to bring sweetness to the world and wine is to bring and food like we did together in our, our, our event mm -hmm. is to do good through having fun. And so that day was fun. Women were sitting on, and we had a few men, I think here, but oh, no, it was women, women. You know, we did there. Yes. Even yes, though we did. called it women love food. I mean, women, what are, women, what are, love wine. women love wine. Yes. <laughs> of course. That's okay. So, for the future, you know, what I like to do with my life is have fun and do good. And that's really just 
I feel very blessed that the donut business has given me the opportunity it's to really have the best more. way to live. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you, you know, I, I said to someone the other day, you know, I try to leave people better than I found them. And that's mm. really been my philosophy. You know, I ran a wine company in Dublin and when we decided to call it quits, I said, you know what, I'm going to leave you better than I found you. And when I, you know, when I started, you were doing this much business, but you know, I kind of brought it to a different level and mm. you know, let's part ways and shake hands and, and call it good. You know? So I think if you can carry that motto with you for your whole life, you're winning. It's a wonderful line. Right. Leave people better than you found it. Just like yep. everything, like a, a room, an environment. Yeah. Back, yeah. You know? and, and there's something to be said for philanthropy as well. You know, there's so many really needy causes, particularly the one that we, we did with women love wine. Um, so many people out there struggling to help people because I feel as though, particularly what's going on in Portland now, there's so many people moving here, rich or poor, who are trying to get here. And there's just not enough space or facilities. I mean, I tried to make an appointment at Community Dental the other day and, um, you know, there was like a year waiting list. My son's always gone there because we slid around the corner, you know, Ooh. that type of thing. So it's, you know, it's like this, this city is just becoming so big, so quick that, it really um, is. and there's a lot of people who fall through cracks then, you know, there's a lot of people living on the streets and stuff. And, uh, you know, so you, you, tr in your head, try to, in my head, I try to figure out solutions. I'm all about solutions. Yep. <laughs> you know, exactly. I don't want to talk about problems. I want to talk, I see the problem. I want to talk about solutions. So, you know, maybe, maybe in the, your philanthropy, you know, we could do something with the homeless. Maybe we'll put something together. Um, yes, I, I, I want to do. I, I'm probably like a little busy in, until the fourth of July, but I, I'm I'm going to be around for the rest of the summer, so maybe we could put something together. Definitely, that is definitely my focus for the next few months. Is to, like I said, do fun things that I enjoy that involve food, wine, and music. Music is a big connector for me and myself, being a musician with my daughter and all of my friends. That is the the the. Um, trifecta of joy to me food music and wine i, I certainly yes. think i you know I've, I've always said that i think music will save the world or I yep. hope <laughs> that's the goal i hope it will anyway um so so what's going on have you organized an event do you have an event coming up here in maine so my next event is actually somewhat similar to what you and i did which i really want to do like a, 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 a i'm calling it sea fest which would involve potentially Tog Braun again, because yep. I'd request, asked her if we could do a scallop fest and it would tie in my passion for the ocean, my daughter being a surfer. Oh, that's and um, so I was going to do a really fun event with good wine, of course, scallops yeah. and ocean awareness. So I've got a few cool people lined up to come speak at my house um, that do ocean saving beautiful missions. Like, um, one guy, a couple of couple local guys who are really um, important parts of the cleaner oceans movement here. So what exactly Maine. do they do to help clean the ocean? One guy works for Parlay, which is a, 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 a world worldwide organization to clean the ocean of plastic and plastic reduction, which is something I'm very passionate about. So he would come and speak at my event, which he's lined up to do. And just kind of inform people about the state of the oceans and what we can do. And my event would also contribute money back to Save the Waves, which is what my daughter's first choice is for an organization for cleaner oceans. That's great. Yeah. And this other guy just happens to be a really cool artist. Um, it, it, he, he's not particularly saving the ocean, but he does art out of he dead fish. It sounds completely abstract, but it's fascinating. It's this old Japanese 
way of, of showing, uh, preserving your, your catch. So I know this sounds very abstract, but he, he's just going to come to a demonstration at one of my events to show how he makes really cool art out of fish. I know it's super cool. And then we'll serve scallops and drink wine and contribute money to the oceans. So, no, I was thinking too, you know, if you were going to get a couple, I don't know how many people are going to have, because, um, uh, I, I'm not sure how many people are going to have, but you could always do like a, a boiled dinner or you just do lobsters and throw them on a table and everybody just kind of picks at the clams, clams and lobsters. You know, that's kind of a fun idea too. Yeah, definitely. I was Maybe thinking anything seafood release. Lobster and wine tasting. And I think that that would be kind of fun because I've done a, I did a lobster tasting on a lobster boat for my lobster episode on Vine Time TV. Um, but I've never actually done like a potluck dinner with wine and people. So maybe mm, love it. Scallop thing with Tobe, we can do another one. Um, so we're we're winding down. So I'm going to ask you one of my questions. I ask everyone, which is, what do you love? Ooh. Oh well, I love love. <laughs> love wine. No, I said I love love. Oh, good. Yes, of course. And that is the big broad answer, and then that trickles down to the sub answers of what. Um, Wine, food, people, the sun, the beach, yeah. a greater the, power, yeah. the ocean. For sure. And yep, that would be my answer. Great answer. And then um, I'm just going to ask you, do you have a song for us today? So as we were talking last night, I was practicing one of my theme songs in life, which is Somewhere Over the Rainbow, as I'm working on playing out more. I've I've got a little duet and we're working on somewhere over the rainbow. And um, yeah, that's, I've been putting my own spin on that a little bit more R and B style. So I'll send you a link and if it it comes out, okay, we can post that too. All right. Well, um, you know, it's very fitting to this month because it's pride month. So happy pride. everybody! Good point. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. uh, Well, here's your song and thank you so much for having, uh, for, for coming to my show. I appreciate it. It's nice to talk to you again and I'll see you soon. Thank you, Melanie. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Somewhere.